Hello, and welcome to the Burst and Bloom podcast. This is Dylan Matrano. Oh, hey, and I'm Guy Capasolatro. And with me today is Ray Holiday. Ray Holiday. And we're in this beautiful park. Do you want to describe where we're at right now, Ray? This is Dolores Park. Uh, it has the most beautiful uh, view of San Francisco up in that corner. Uh, and it's basically three big plots of grass. They separate a little bit, but it's a good park. So a lot of dogs, a lot of drugs. Sometimes people are dancing in very tight, short shorts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sometimes it's packaged out here. <laughs> we are here today to talk about the 2013 album by The Verms, self-titled album by The Verms. It was like five years ago, five, six years ago. Long time. <laughs> and counting. Tell us who the Verms are or were. Is the Verms still a band? Well, they're, they're a kind of a band in waiting. Um, uh, after that record, we were recording some other stuff. Things got really kind of weird. This record sort of came out, and, and what we did was called one of our friends that owned a record store, and asked him if we could use the record store's name as if it was a record label. And so he said, sure. And so that's what we did. And we kind of put it out by hand, you know, here. Sure. Just handing people on the street. Yeah, nobody. Like Daniel Johnston. You can't hand a, a CD to someone. They, Everyone's they, suspicious. They, their limbs wither. Um, so, uh, uh, so then we were trying to do sort of the next thing we had four or five songs and started to do that. And then uh, I got kicked out of the studio <laughs> and, uh, and then the bass player quit in a huff. And uh, uh, although he's real nice to me now, he wasn't for a while. Um, and so it was kind of the end of the band, but you know, time heals all and uh, uh, another bass player kind of moved in. We played a little bit, but I don't have any songs. So, uh, but who was the band at the time, right? Uh, it was uh, my, my friend Melanie. No, I, they don't have to be my friends. My drummer and singer, Melanie uh, De Giovanni, uh, who's, who's, uh, she and I have, have uh, sang and played together since around uh, like 1996, yeah. which is and a long time she's ago. She's very prolific and plays in a bunch of other bands. Yeah, she's Cat a Hicks, Yeah, yeah. Thing. Uh, yeah. Who else? Uh, Catheads. Yeah. Uh, it Thing. It Thing. Harm Farm. Harm Farm. <laughs> she, she plays in everything. In fact, uh, she doesn't say no. Uh, she lives over in Oakland, and we would be coming from Oakland. Dylan, is this okay if I tell you this? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, he's comforting. Um, so she she would have to go home from work. She's a paralegal. Ooh, yeah. And then she would have to go home from work, and uh, uh, and then come all the way to San Francisco, but then take a right and go all the way out to San Francisco near the ocean. So it was a long drive for her, although we all sort of lived fairly close. And she would forget. She finally got a little older and she started forgetting practice. And so it'd be like seven o'clock and we'd be sitting at uh, Mike's table and uh, we'd call her, hey Mel, you know, practice at seven or whatever. I'll be right there. Oh, And just show up. Yeah, we were talking about, so I didn't know, what, what was the song that we just listened to that... Uh... Melanie's song that she wrote. I Can't Forget Your Love. Yeah, let's give that one a listen now. I can't forget your love. I can't forget your love. I can't forget your love. 
Then we're back. But that was Melanie's song, and I thought that was, it, it sounded like a Ray song to me. I know a lot of your work. It had a real Ray vibe, but Melanie wrote it. Yeah, she, uh, she's a great songwriter, uh, but not uh, real prolific. She has a band uh, called Yard Sale, hmm. and they made a couple of CDs, and everybody loved them. And then they just kind of, uh, I don't know, they just kind of didn't feel like getting together and practicing. So, uh but she's, she's also, she keeps completely busy, even though I forbid her to ever play in, in any other bands. <laughs> yeah. Um, People today, they just don't take orders the way they used to. Yeah. And that, and that song, I mean, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a band favorite. Um, I can't, uh, I got a little thing against it because there's the, that background that I can't, it's got kind of a double tongue thing to it that I can't do. So I have to do it like uh, if you ever had a kid... Uh, you, in school, Dylan, you might be singing, uh, you're in music class, you might be singing, uh, I've been working on the railroad mm-hmm. all the long day. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Just to pass the time away. And uh, at one point it goes, fee, fi, fiddly, I-O. But someone, people you might sit around, Suzanne Gilligan, uh, Mark McDonald, uh, they could only go, Fee, fi, fiddly, I, O. They couldn't oh. do the fiddly. <laughs> and I sing in Mel's song, well, so what I is have the to thing? go. Can you give us a no, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Dylan, what, what did uh, I know you listened to it again recently? Uh, what were some of your thoughts when, when hearing that? Yeah, I mean, I think the band is really interesting because it feels like part of the time it feels like a punk rock band. Some of the time it feels like a country band. Sometimes it feels just like a like a bunch of people hanging around just banging out a song like it has these different different textures to it and uh kind of in a way like the mecons or something like that would have you know these different facets to it but it all sounds very much like the verms i think it's really uh, a very distinctive sound thanks for saying that dylan because i wanted to design it in that way um mike roper is the guitarist and we waited for him for a little while he was in another band uh He's also, uh, nobody hears this, right? He's a little, he could be, he can be a little troublesome. <laughs> and then he's a really big guy. And uh, uh, 
he can he'll he he can joke really loudly to people he doesn't know, and uh, can seem a little aggressive, which you don't, we don't even know if it is or not, but it's scary. And his guitar is like that too. Um, uh, I wanted him to play it as distorted as he can, and also I found out that. He's always working his way up and down the fretboard with uh, with no really signposts as to where he's going. And so you can hear him uh, working his way, and I really like that. And so he's the sort of punk rock uh, thing, and, and it's funny because the band, the three of us will just be playing kind of quietly, and, and, and then he'll play loud enough that it just hurts everybody. Ooh, yeah, and, uh, that's tricky. He's also a, good, he's a great entertainer and a real good singer. Uh, I like him, but uh, uh, none of these guys. Scotty was mad at me, but uh, the other two didn't. They didn't want to hang, seem to hang out uh, too much. Well, uh, I will say, Ray, having seen you guys play a couple times, it was a really great chemistry, though, and it was uh, jaunty. And you even pulled out the trumpet for a song at one of the shows. Um, yeah, what is your background in music? Uh, you know, sixteen. Tried, you know, and then forget about it. I went to college and then uh, uh, I think someone asked me to be in a folk duo or something. Sure. So uh, <laughs> did like one one night with that guy and then forget about it. And I got to grad school and, and uh, there was a kind of a new wave. Do you know the, the new wave, Dylan? New wave music? Sure. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's just the uh, pop, poppy version of punk rock. Yeah. And so friend was start at a, a sort of a a folk band that turned into a new wave band. Is that Dave Crest? Yeah, and because I such animal. Yeah, and because I played the trumpet, I got in. You know, it, although I I didn't really play the trumpet. And it's funny, he gave me one out of his garage. It had the bell <laughs> sort of smashed, and, and there was a spider living inside. He couldn't get the mouthpiece out. I liked it. I still have it, but I don't like playing it because you get that uh, Miles Davis thing. Uh, it looks good on him, but on me, it just looks like a herpes. <laughs> hey, Dylan, were there any songs that you wanted to hear? Um, I would say maybe Eve. Eve. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I like, I'm a fan of that because it's clever. All right, let's take a listen. This is Eve by the Verms. She was on the eve of happiness. Yeah, she was on the eve. She was on the eve of happiness. Yeah, she was on the eve. She was on the eve of happiness. Yeah, she was on the eve. She was on the She was on the eve. She was on the eve. 
And we're back. <laughs> Razor Real Pro. I like that. So the trick with this, the trick with that one is uh, it's, uh, it's only got one lyric. She was on the eve of happiness. We repeat it over and over. But Dylan, can you feel the tension there? Absolutely. I mean, she was on the eve of happiness. Well, what, what, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. People go away. Uh, I, will, I mean, if we played enough shows or anyone came out to see him, the idea would have been that they would leave uh, with this uh, feeling of angst. Mm. Whatever happened to that girl? Yeah. And I think that's important to leave, leave the listener wanting, right? Yeah. I, I, uh, uh, I had a, a band before where... I literally was sort of writing out a little story or making a little characters, and it would have almost everything in it. And then as I made a second album and an album after that, I couldn't do it. And so one of the tricks I would do is just take two ideas and throw them together. Mm. Uh, so I have a lot of songs that actually I, I'll say, well, it's about this. And if you look at it, there's no, no clue that it's about <laughs> that. And, and, you know, uh, if I was in court, I think I would lose. <laughs> you know, there's no evidence it's about that. And you are in court, so yeah, this, yeah. this is a trial. Well, the other, the other band Ray is referring to is The Buckets, which is still one of my favorite ever bands, as are The Verms. I love what you do. And, uh, and I got to play in The Buckets for part of the time. I can't even remember what my name was. Was I Kid Clampett? Ray had names for everybody. There was Slim Volume. Earl Butter was our, our fearless leader, Ray Halliday, Wanda Taters. Just, I mean, guy knows I'm going through this the last 10 years or whatever, but everything I've done, uh, I mean, this is a weird thing, but everything I've done feels like a mistake to me. So, uh, uh, so I, I just have this awful time just reminiscing. Luckily, I, I haven't had many experiences, so I don't have to reminisce too often. <laughs> but, uh, uh, yeah, and I run, I, I don't know if you guys feel this. I, I don't, Dylan, I, I mean, I, I can see the guy is, but you, are you getting older? <laughs> Absolutely, I'm getting older. Because I, I really have trouble uh, with the buckets. It's funny uh, because I took on a different name, and so I, I became a different person. I could write stories uh, about this person. That, I mean, they related to me, but uh, I never had to really take uh, take responsibility for them. And... Uh, I I found that uh, I didn't like I, I didn't like the whole now I don't like the whole creation of that thing or that I played country music. I, it, it took me <laughs> it took me a long time to figure out that a lot of people were not coming to see my band or, or because they didn't want to go see country music because they thought it was some people said it wasn't. I don't well, know. as I remember it, the buckets came about uh, for one of the. Ed's basement shows at the Rats, and it was gonna maybe be like kind of a, a one-off deal you were doing, um, and it just kind of blossomed to be a, a bigger a bigger 
scenario. Is that is that true in some well, way? Or? I think Dylan, I might have told you this in confidence one night. Um, I was in Boston and I was driving home and someone rear-ended me. Uh, not in a good way. Yeah, yeah, in a car way. Uh, but the guy was very cool. He got out and he literally laid on the ground and he was so upset. He's so sorry. And uh, all he did was knock my bumper off and maybe dented the, the fender a little bit. But the, Remember when they had bumpers that could bump things? Yeah. Sometimes fell off. And, uh, and, um, and I went and 20, 50 bucks or something. I, the, the muffler just hung, went right back. Uh, and so, but he sent me a check for like $500 or you wrote it out right there. He was, like I say, if you want to get hit by somebody, this guy would have been the guy. So I went and bought a four track and I was going to make a, a, a sampler records of these uh, eight or 10 bands I made up and uh, got most of them going. But when I got to the buckets, I ended up just writing 10 songs. So uh, I figured out I would stay there. That's a pretty amazing origin story, getting rear-ended. And, yeah. <laughs> and getting a check for the, oh, you the four track. I love it. Into the limelight. And again, another, in, um, another interesting thing. <laughs> we, we had the band in Boston. Um, and, then, uh, and then everybody seemed, a lot of my friends seemed to move out here or whatever. So, you know, I went to North Carolina for some reason. So I moved out here. And when I moved out here, they said, hey, we, we, we'll start the buckets again or whatever. And uh, one, two, three. Four out of the five people that were that we played in in Boston were out here, so it was like pretty cool. Easy breezy. Yeah, I don't do anything difficult, so luckily I have a lot of people who you know set things up for me. That's great. Yeah, um, I'd love to listen to one more song before we finish this, and it's really hard to pick. Uh, Hello, Pig is one of my favorites, and maybe did we did we start that as the uh, the timers? We did a project yes. one, one February where we were doing country songs with Carrie Bradley and Bernie Jungle and Scotty Houston. And Ray and I were the, the main songwriters. But some of the songs that ended up being Verm songs started out in that project. I think all of them. Yeah. I, I, I really have a, a, a glut. I didn't know the, the real glut was coming, but uh, that, 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 was, that was like slim pickings. A guy luckily helped me through some of my songs. Uh, I had like, I had the, Dylan, I had the, uh, coloring book, like with the dots, you know, <laughs> connect mm -hmm. the dots, but I couldn't connect them. And then <laughs> guy came with his black crayon. We had a song. All right. Let's give that one a listen.
been a good friend Hello Ben But this is the end back and we're back <laughs> that's it that's what was a, a good one what was the name of it hello pig yeah that's I, I don't know that was the first that was the first song i wrote uh actually i had a song called pork sandwich but but my problem dylan uh and you'll understand this is a comedian uh is my songs tend to get a little funny and i don't like that i don't want them to be super <laughs> serious but i don't want them to be uh i don't want to be on dr demento you know yeah you got a, a pocket full of funny songs and you go into a little place and you can come out a winner, but that's, uh, that's not the kind of winner I want to be. I wrote a song today called The Open Mic, and it's not a funny song. It's a sad song about a comic. I just want to say that that's got to be a sad song. Open Mic is a sad place, <laughs> right? <laughs> Yes, in fact, I remember, Ray, you were, you were kind of managing Edra Demon Qualities, and uh, there was a band called Bob and Guy that I was in, and we played, a, uh, we played an open mic at the Middle East Cafe, and you said, that's enough. we got to get you some better gigs. I don't want <laughs> you playing the open mics anymore. And right. then you helped us make the, uh, our first album, the four-track album in the, in the attic where we used to live, and ever appreciative of that, Ray. I just, and Dylan, just so you know, the, the dark cloud that just came over me was uh, uh, I also ruined uh, the, the one, not the one song, but the perfect song that Bob and Guy had. I flipped over the tape or whatever, and both of them were going, are you sure you want that tape flipped right now? I think you're going to erase. Ah, I know what I'm doing. And I erased <laughs> it. And they took it again and again. You know how you get caught up in a demo. Yeah. Uh, those were the days. Well, you guys have a great history together. Um, and I see, too, that, Guy, you have a co-write on this album, Riderless. Yeah. I believe you said that was one of your only co-writes, right? It's the only collaboration I ever collaboration. had. People don't want to uh, do anything with me. When I got out here, anyway. So that's the one I was talking about with Guy with the, with the pen and connecting the dots. In fact, uh, I think during the timers... I think Guy was getting a little frustrated because I was moving so slow. Uh, but I think everybody, I assume everybody has that experience with Guy. But I really had it. And uh, when he started just uh, finishing my sentences or finishing up the lines, and okay, okay. He'd send me back stuff with the, I, I recorded all the stuff. And, you know. <laughs> it was a delightful collaboration. And I, I, love, I love getting work with you, Ray. It's awesome. That's good. Oh, you, and, and just, I mean... He, you know, obviously didn't think enough about it to release it, but uh, he's got, he's got some, he's got, 
which I think some of his best songs on there, which is weird to say because obviously I only, I only know 150 of them. <laughs> well, thank you, Ray, for talking to us today. And it's been great to revisit the Verms album. Uh, I hope that we hear more music from you before too long. And um, we thank you very much for being our guest today on the Burst and Bloom podcast. Thanks, thanks a lot, Dylan. I, I feel like I'm going to have a good evening because uh, of you guys. I hope so. We will see you again next time.